إلى الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلاه الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر امور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله we continue going over the tremendous book by the fadilat al-shaykh al-allama al-imam shaykh bin baz rahimahullahu ta'ala the book which is entitled durus al-muhimma li'amat al-ummah the book which is entitled important lessons for the common muslim We're still speaking about the conditions of la ilaha illallah. We have reached the eighth and final condition for this tremendous kalima the kalima that is dhayyiba the kalima of la ilaha illallah. The eighth condition is al-kufr bima yu'bad min dunillah it is to disbelieve in everything that is worshiped other than Allah is to disbelieve in the false deities naam Sheikh Abdul Razak bin Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Al-Abbad Al-Badr Rahimahullah Ta'ala He mentions, he says Kama qala ta'ala Kama qala Allah Ta'ala As Allah, the most high, the most exalted He says فَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِالطَّاغُوتِ وَيُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ اسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَى and whoever disbelieves in the false deities whoever disbelieves in the false deity and they believe in Allah then they would have taken hold of the most trustworthy handhold this ayah we went over this ayah before Does anyone recall where this ayah is located? Surah 2, ayah 256. Naam. Ayah number 256. Well, first, Surah 2 is what Surah? Surah Al-Baqarah. Naam. And ayah 256 is, what's, what ayah is before it? Ayah Al-Kursi. Naam. Ahsantum. Tayyip. Here in this ayah, there is a proof and an evidence that we have to disbelieve in that which is worship other than Allah. Where can that be seen? 
In which part? Hmm? And whoever disbelieves in Mahbud, whoever disbelieves in the false deities. We also mentioned that this ayah is a proof for what? Is a proof to worship Allah, Naam. What else? Proof to Tawheed. Naam, I'm looking for something specific. Is a delil for what? Naam, a delil for the shahad. Which part of the shahad? The first part of the shahad. It's a delil for what about it though? Huh? Naam, you see the negation in it. What else do we see in it? The affirmation. Right? And we said that the shahada is of a two has two pillars. The shahada of La ilaha illallah has two pillars. Those pillars are affirmation and negation. Naam? Affirmation and negation. So this ayah is a proof for that because we see that here. Also, what is it a proof for? Rejecting the false deities. Naam, it's a proof for rejecting the false deities. Naam. What else? Again, I'm looking for something very specific. Naam, that was mentioned. Tawheed, Naam. Okay, let me give it to you. It is a proof for what? For the proper meaning of La ilaha illallah. Naam. It is a proof for the proper meaning of La ilaha illallah. And what is the proper meaning of La ilaha illallah? Is what? That none has the right to be worshipped in the truth except Allah alone. Does anyone remember how to say that in Arabic? No? Uh huh. It's with a meme. La. La ma'abuda. Naam, la ma'abuda bihaqqin. What? Illallah. Naam. That none has the right to be worshipped in the truth except Allah. La ma'abuda bihaqqin illallah. So this ayah is a dalil for the proper meaning of la ilaha illallah. So as we see in this ayah, it contains a proof and evidence for a number of things from them the proper meaning of la ilaha illallah also it establishes that this kalima of la ilaha illallah it consists of two pillars an affirmation and a negation we see that here also in the ayah now so someone says well what's the delil uh, then from the adillah is what is this ayah <coughs> also from the adillah is clearly the kalima itself la ilaha this is a negation. And then we have illallah. This is an affirmation. Naam. So we see it in the kalima itself. But if someone says, I want an ayah, which points to me to that, then we come to this ayah, which shows us is, a, is an ayah that shows the proper meaning of la ilaha illallah. We see in it the negation and the affirmation. Same order. Also, of course, it is a proof which shows the, that we have to establish tawheed. And that can be found in Allah Ta'ala's statement. And they believe and, and believe in Allah. It's also uh, a negation, or it also shows us that we have to disbelieve, that we have to disbelieve, have kufr, and what? In the false deities. Naam. Because Allah Ta'ala in the ayah, He says, Whoever has kufr, Whoever has kufr, whoever disbelieves, disbelieves in what? But ta'ud, whoever disbelieves in the false deities. Naam. So we see here in this portion of the ayah that what? That we have to have kufr for the ta'ud. We have to have disbelief for the false deities. So you find here, the shaykh he mentions and he, the way he words it is what? Al-kufr bima yu'bad, bima yu'bad min dunillah. They'll have to disbelieve in that which is worshipped other than Allah. Naam. Also in the ayah, Allah Ta'ala he says, فَقَدِ اسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعِرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَةِ إِيش الْعِرْوَةُ الْوُثْقَةِ What is the meaning of عِرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَةِ The most trustworthy handhold, what is that? What, what is the most trustworthy handhold? La ilaha illallah. The most trustworthy handhold, then what it is, it is La ilaha illallah. 
whatsoever has come with the negation and the affirmation, whoever disbelieved in the Dawood, whoever has believed in Allah, whoever disbelieves in everything that is worship other than Allah, and they establish the ibadah for Allah and Allah alone, then they will have taken hold and they will have hold on to the most trustworthy handhold, which is the kalima, La ilaha illallah. The Shaykh goes on and he says, وَقَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, And all of this shows us that what, that we have to disbelieve in the Barut. We have to disbelieve in those things that are worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَكَفَرَ بِمَا يُعْبَدْ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ حَرُمَ مَالُهُ وَدَمُهُ حَدِيثٌ صَحِيحٌ أَخْرَجُهُ مُسْلِمٌ نعم The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said what means and whoever says لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ and they disbelieve in that which is worship other than Allah. They disbelieve in that which is worship other than Allah. وَكَفَرَ بِمَا يُعْبَدْ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ And they disbelieve in that which is worship other than Allah. Naam. And then, how did the shaykh articulate it? الْكُفْرُ بِمَا يُعْبَدْ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ The disbelief and that which is worship other than Allah. So where even the, this, this, the verbiage yani, of this particular sentence and the wording of it is extracted from where? From the hadith itself. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, وَكَفَرَ نعم, Which is the fi'l madi Which is the past tense verb. And they disbelieved. Right? And that which is worship other than Allah. طيب. The shaykh brought the masdar. Huh? I don't know what that is in English. Uh, the verbal noun or something like this. Huh? The Masdar. He brought the Masdar al Kufr. Al Kufr. But as far as the rest of the sentence, and Kufr, disbelief, right? Kafara, he disbelieved, is the verb. Huh? He disbelieved. But the rest of the sentence is completely the same. From that which is worship other than Allah. Tamam. So when, and I'm, I'm pointing this out to say is that what is that the ulama of Ahlul Sunnah wa Jama'ah you can clearly see from their uslub wa asalib you can see from their uslub wa asalib from the um, the manner in which they speak the manner in which they articulate and express things right you can see that what that. It is, or it emanates from one who has the proof, understands the proof, and then now we're speaking about the proof, right? So it emanates from the adilla, and this is the way of Ahlul Sunnah, is that we have the dalil first, then we take a belief, right? And this is in accordance to the statement of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala when He. Informs us about the statement of the believers when they say what? Sami'na wa ata'na. We hear, we obey. Wait, Sami'na. Before they obey, they didn't say ata'na. First, we obey. Obey what? We have to know the command first. So, before we take a belief, we have to what? We have to know what is the, have the ilm, we have to know what is the proper belief, then we take the belief. Right? So we have that knowledge precedes statements and action. But this is the way of Ahlul Sunnah. We have the proof and evidence first, then we take a belief. This is the way of Ahlul Sunnah. And this becomes extremely apparent, especially when they're speaking about the religion, is that it's filled with proofs and evidences. Is filled with proofs and evidence, and so much so that their manner of explanation, their manner of articulation, is influenced by the proofs and the evidences. So much so that what that you find very similar, very similar statements and very similar sentence construction, and so on and so forth, matching the proof and the evidence. 
Because the way of Ahlul Sunnah is the way of the Haq. Naam, it's the right way, the way of the Haq. But as relates to Ahlul Bid'ah, they're on the opposite. They're on the opposite. Meaning that what? They take beliefs, then they try to find proofs and evidences to substantiate it. Which they can never do, right? And this is why when they bring a proof and evidence, the manner in which they try to apply it, what they're trying to say is so flimsy that as the ulama they mentioned, you don't have to find another proof and evidence to combat them, but use the same proof and evidence that they're trying to use. Read it from beginning to end, and you'll find in it itself the reputation on them. You'll find it in it itself that you can't use this like that. You're misusing it. You've taken it outside of its context. You have altered the meaning, and so on and so forth. Naam. This hadith, it shows us here that it is not enough for a person just to say, La ilaha illallah. It is not enough for a person just to believe in the other seven conditions up until this point. But they must also couple that with what? With disbelieving in that which is worshipped other than Allah. They have to disbelieve in that which is worshipped other than Allah. The Prophet ﷺ, he said that whoever has done this, Then, whoever has done this, then his blood and his money will be haram then his blood and uh, his money will be haram the shaykh ta'ala he goes on and he says Qayyidun La tukunu la ilaha illallah Maqbula Illa bihi This is What do you say? This is a restriction, right? Or in other words This is a stipulation This is a stipulation that in order for an individual to benefit from, and in order for La ilaha illallah to be accepted, that La ilaha illallah, it will not be accepted unless and except Al Kufr Bima Yu'bad Mindunillah. Except that an individual has to disbelieve in that which is worshipped other than Allah. Naam. They have to disbelieve in that which is worshipped other than Allah. And they have to come with shirk wa ahli. And they have to they have to disassociate themselves, disavow shirk and the people of shirk. They have to disassociate themselves and free themselves from polytheism and from the polytheist. This is a must. Now before getting into the Dalil on how we have to disassociate ourselves from shirk and the people of shirk. Naam. It is important to understand that what is meant and intended by al-kufr, that they have a disbelief, with that which is worship other than Allah, meaning they disbelieve in the, in the legitimacy of these things. Naam. And in some cases, disbelieve in these things themselves. In some cases, we will disbelieve in the thing itself, and in the legitimacy of that thing being worshipped. And in other cases, we will disbelieve in the legitimacy of that thing being worshipped while we believe in the thing itself. person may say, well, well, how is that? Right? If a person were to mention Osiris or Yani, um, Zeus or Apollo and the like from these false deities then with these things we disbelieve in those things themselves right 
and we disbelieve in the legitimacy of those things being worshipped. That makes sense? So when it comes to, for example, Zeus, Jupiter, Apollo, Mercury, whoever, we disbelieve in those false deities themselves, and we disbelieve in the legitimacy of them being worshipped. As relates to the second example, or the second type, that we believe in the thing itself, but we disbelieve in the legitimacy of it being worshipped, then this is like, for example, the case of the angels. So those kuffar who worship the angels, like the Christians, they worship Mikail. Naam, you find them worshipping uh, Mikail, or the angel Michael as they call him. Right? Um, we believe in Mikail, Naam, but we disbelieve in the legitimacy of his worship. As he, Mikail, disbelieves in the legitimacy of his worship. Naam, because he knows La ilaha illallah. Likewise, Isa, Jesus. We believe in Jesus, Naam, we believe in Isa والسلام, but we disbelieve in the legitimacy of his worship as he himself disbelieves in legitimacy that anything we worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likewise with Maryam والسلام, and he could use that as a frame of reference so any, any righteous believer who has been taken as an object of worship falsely Naam. We believe in those righteous ones, meaning the angels and the prophets who have been taken as objects of worship, but we disbelieve in the legitimacy that they are worshipped as they themselves disbelieve in the legitimacy of such, because all of the prophets, all of the messengers, all of the angels, they all believe and implement and submit to La ilaha illallah. Naam, that makes sense? But, so now getting back to how we disavow ourselves and disassociate ourselves from shirk and from the people of shirk, from shirk and the people of shirk, ma'am, then we look at Allah Ta'ala's statement in Surah Al-Mumtahina, in his verse number 4. Or before that, let's look at uh, yani Allah Ta'ala's statement from Surah Zukhruf. In his verse, verses 26 and 27. How Allah Ta'ala informed us about the statement of Ibrahim. When he told his people, and Ibrahim is our example. Naam. As it comes in Surah Al-Mumtahina, verse number 4. He's our example. He's our goodly example in this, in, in this regard. Ibrahim والسلام, he told his people Inni He said that verily I'm free from what you worship. This is what he told his people. He said, I am free from what you worship. Now listen, here's a here's a point. Because I don't want anyone to be confused. Or to anyone to try to give credit where it's not due. Do the kuffar, do they worship Allah? Naam. Now of course we don't mean with the worship that's accepted. We know that's not true. But the kuffar in general, do they direct some of their worship to Allah? Yes, they do. You see, many of the polytheists, they worship Allah and others along with Allah. So of course it don't count, right? It don't count. But what's the proof and the evidence which shows is because you have some Muslims that will try to say, oh, but at least they worship they worship God, right? But then the, the question becomes, well, who doesn't? <laughs> Meaning, who doesn't direct some of their ibadah to God, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The question is that, or the issue is that, their directing of some worship until Allah is not accepted. Why? Because they mix their ibadah with shirk. They worship Allah and others along with Allah. So they, they get no credit for that. 
They get no credit for that. So therefore, no credit is to be given to them for that fact. But what's the proof and the evidence which shows that the kuffar, that the, the polytheists, that uh, it's possible that they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Is that what did Ibrahim, والسلام, what did he say to his people? He said, إِنِّي بَرَاءُ مِمَّا تَعْبُدُونَ he said it verily, I'm free from what you worship. Meaning, I disbelieve in what you worship. Except for the one who has fashioned me. Which is an indication that what? That his people used to also worship Allah. So he said, from all those things that you worship, I am free from them. I disbelieve in them. I have nothing to do with them. Except for the one who fashioned me. Which is an indication that what? They used to also worship Allah. But they got no points for that. Right? That makes sense? Right. So here is a proof and evidence which shows that we have to disassociate ourselves from shirk. We have to disassociate ourselves from that which is worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, Allah ta'ala, He says in Surah Al-Mumtahina, verse number 4, قَدْ كَانَتْ لَكُمْ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ فِي إِبْرَاهِيمٌ وَالَّذِينَ مَعَهُ that verily you have for you a goodly example in Ibrahim and those who are with him. From Ibrahim and those who are with them. From those believers who are with Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. When they said, said to who? لِقَوْمِهِمْ نَعَمْ إِذْ قَالُوا لِقَوْمِهِمْ إِنَّا بُرَآءُ when he said to the people that verily we are free from uh, <laughs> that verily we are لا 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 when he said to the people that verily we are free from you and from that which you worship other than Allah. When he said unto the people that verily we are free from you and from that which you worship other than Allah. Now listen to the wording of their declaration unto their people. One, they freed themselves from them. We're free from you all. And from that which you worship other than Allah. Then they said unto them, We disbelieve in you. We disbelieve in you in, uh, in, in, uh, in you all. We disbelieve in all of you. Meaning what? That which you worship other than Allah, you, you all, yani, to the end of it. وبدا بيننا وبين قوم العداوة والبغضاء أبدا and it has emanated and begun from يعني between us enmity and hatred forever there is lasting hatred and enmity between us and between you حتى until when حتى تؤمنوا بالله وحده until you all believe in Allah alone until you all believe in Allah alone, then is a notice of our enmity and our hatred that will be between us, mutually between us, until you worship Allah alone. Naam. So here, we see again what? The same word again. The same word again. Kafarna bikum. We disbelieve in you all. So there has to be what? A disbelief from us for those things that are worshipped other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There has to be a disassociation for the poly, from, from, uh, from polytheism and from the polytheists. From shirk and from the mushrikun. Now when one he sees a like of this ayah, na'am, and the statement of Ibrahim and those who are with him, isn't it clear that they disassociated themselves from the kuffar and from that which they worship? As they said unto them, That we are free from you, we disassociate ourselves from you all, and from that which you worship other than Allah. 
Is there any ambiguity? Is there any confusion as relates to their stance between them and them? There's no ambiguity. There's no yani, uh, confusion. They were free from that. Now, does it sound like? Does it sound like? Such individuals who will make such a declaration to the people of uh, to the people of Kufr, to the polytheists, does it sound like that they will want to imitate or have anything to do with the life of the polytheists? No, not at all. They they didn't want nothing to do with them. They were free from them and from that which they used to worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also here we have in this ayah another proof of evidence which shows that they worshiped Allah. Because it says what? That we are free from you and from that which you worship other than Allah. So it is a must that what? That we come with all of the conditions of La ilaha illallah in order for it to count. We have to come with all of the conditions for La ilaha illallah in order for it to count. And without coming with all of the conditions, then it will not, it will not count. So to help us into memorizing this, uh, the Shaykh he mentions, وَقَدْ جُمِعَتْ that these conditions have been uh, combined inside of two lines of poetry and the two following lines of poetry and this again is so that it helps us to memorize them. Na'am. So Sheikh Ben Baz, he brought these lines of poetry so that we can easily memorize them. And there are only two lines. This is not to say that this is the only poem that mentions the conditions of La ilaha illallah because it's not. And inshallah ta'ala we're going to mention another famous uh, poem or portion of another famous poem which mentions it. But the Sheikh he brought this particular one, right? Because it's clear, it's straight to the point, and it's simple, and it's small. It's only two lines. Naam. The other one, as you'll see, is 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 is, uh, is more lines. The other one is more lines, right? Four lines. This is two lines. This is two lines. So this is easy to memorize because it's only two lines. Naam. It's straight to the point. It really doesn't have an introduction and you know things of this. Yeah, it's just straight to the point. Two lines of poetry, and I encourage everyone to memorize these lines and to go over them and to go over them to go over them, so that this way you have you have yani the yani with you wherever you go, you have it with you, naam, and that you um, review it. Yeah, you have to review it. Whatever's memorized, you have to review it because if you don't look at it for a long time, you'll forget it. So you have to review it to keep it to keep it strong, to keep it fresh. And this is from the stuff that's beneficial, right? This is from the stuff that is beneficial. But by now, we should have all memorized these lines of poetry, right? I don't I don't remember how many weeks we've been on the conditions, but it's been some time. So we should all have memorized by now. If not, then as they say, there's no time like the present. Then we'll, let's get them, inshallah ta'ala, and have them. But as a review and as a recap of what we have covered so far, then these, these two lines of poetry, which contains the conditions, right? And I'm going to give you a quiz. I want you, I'm going to say it in Arabic, then I want you to tell me what's what. But these two lines, first we'll say the two lines and then we'll go back. These two lines are ilmun yaqeenun wa ikhlasun wa sidquqa ma'a mahabbatan wa qiyadan wa qubulu laha wa zida thaminuha al-kufranu minka bima siwa al-ilaa min al-ashaqat ulliha. Naam. Tay. Naam. We're going to back over them. It is ilmun. What's ilm? What's that? Knowledge. Tay. Then we have. Yaqeenun. What's yaqeen? Certainty. 
نعم Then we have إخلاص وإخلاص Sincerity طيب Then we have صدق Truthfulness Here in the poetry says وصدقك معه And your truthfulness coupled with or along with Right طيب Then we got محبة Love نعم أحسنتم وانقياد وانقياد Compliance نعم And compliance What does compliance mean? To submit أحسنتم نعم والقبول Acceptance طيب Then I hope you all It says وزيد ثامنها And an eighth one is added الكفران منك بما كفران is what disbelief a disbelief from you for that which right a disbelief that emanates from you a disbelief from you بما for that which is سوى الإله من الأشياء قد أليها that which is other than Allah from things that have been taken as objects of worship Right? That which other than Allah, from things that, that have been taken as objects of worship. Right. Now, I know those that have the translation, the translator may have worded it slightly differently than what I, what I have worded it. But yeah, I mean, generally that's the meaning. Yeah? Generally that's the meaning. So these are the shuruts. So Shaykh Abdul Razak, he mentions, he says, فَهَذِهِ هِيَ الشُّرُوطُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ الثَّمَانِيَةِ He said, and these are the conditions of لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ يعني the eight conditions, the eight conditions of لا إله إلا الله. طيب. ومن أهل العلم من يقتصر في عدها على سبعة. And they are from أهل العلم that يقتصر that suffice with numbering them as seven. Meaning they're from Ahl al-Ain, they only number the conditions of La ilaha illallah as seven, not eight, as seven. And the eighth one, because here it says what? It says, وَزِيدَ ثَامِنُهَا And that the eighth is added, right? From Ahl al-Ain, they don't include the eighth condition of La ilaha illallah. The Shaykh mentions بإعتبار أن ثامن الذي زيد داخل أو داخل فيما قبله that the eighth condition that is added is understood and it enters into that which is before it. That the eighth condition that is added is understood and it enters into that which is before it. So in other words, the concept of disbelieving in that which is worship other than Allah, you can find that concept present in that which is before it. Ma'am. So as an example, you can find it present in more than one condition, the concept, but for an example, you can find it present in ikhlas. Right? We're talking about ikhlas, making all of yani, the deen sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and specifically here, what this, this, the, the utterance and the saying of La ilaha illallah has to be sincere for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the whole concept of sincerity of the religion, all the ibadah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that enters into that what you have to establish the, the tawheed and disbelief in, 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 in a ta'ghut. Likewise, mahabba. That our mahabba is khalis alillah, is, is sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, beloved the kalima of la ilaha illallah, that which it points to, loving that which is pointing to, meaning that you have to love the establishment of worship for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then you have to what? You also have to love disbelieving in that which is worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the concept is there. So because of the concept is there, uh, uh, some of the ulama, they don't add it, they don't reiterate it. Right? But then you have others from the ulama that although the concept is there, it is reiterated and is brought so that it's extremely clear. It's reiterated and it's brought so that it's extremely clear. And also, they bring it because of the text that clearly 
mention it and highlight it. So they highlight it as well. Although it was clearly understood, although it was clearly understood in the seven right conditions, they highlight it because yani, uh, you know it's needed to be highlighted. It's needed to be highlighted, especially in this day and time which we're living in right now, where the level of knowledge has yani, dropped to a level that it has dropped. Then it's, it's, it's definitely clear, has to be clearly uh, uh, reiterated, or is a benefit in clearly reiterating it. Although, if we suffice with the seven, that's also correct. Why? Because the concept is there and it's understood. That makes sense, ma'am. وَمَمَّا جَمَعَهَا يَعْنِي نَظْمًا and from وَمِمَّنْ now وَمِمَّنْ جَمَعَهَا نَظْمًا and from those who have collected conditions of لا إله إلا الله in a in a poetic form in poetry then it will be no other than الشيخ حافظ حكمي رحمه الله تعالى الشيخ حافظ حكمي رحمة الله عليه he, he brings them in his manzuma, in his collection of poetry or his poem, which is entitled Sulam al Wusul. Or yani, generally referred to as Sulam al Wusul. Paul, he said, Wabi Shurupin, Sama'atin Qad Qudjidat, Fi Nusus al Wahi Haqqan Waradat. He says, then we'll go line for line, inshallah ta'ala, it might be easier, right? He says, and with seven lines, or, or seven conditions that come as stipulations, or seven conditions that are restricted inside of the text of the wahi, in truth they have come. Inside of the text of the wahi, in truth they have come. فَإِنَّهُ لَمْ يَنْتَفِعْ قَائِلُهَا and I'm pretty sure you hear it in Arabic, it sounds much nicer than the translation, right? It says, And verily, فَإِنَّهُ Verily he will not, لَمْ يَنْتَفِعْ He will not benefit. Huh? Verily, it will not benefit قَائِلُهَا Verily it will not benefit the one who says it. That the one who says it, he will not benefit by its articulation. That it's yani, that just because a person says it, they will not benefit. Until they have completed and fulfilled the seven conditions. Because remember, he numbered as them seven. So he says, yes, then it means the seven, those seven conditions, right? So they will not benefit from la ilaha illallah until, until when? Until they establish all of its conditions. Ma'am? And see, I'm going to tell you right now. See, this is the benefit as Sheikh Saleh Abdul Aziz al Sheikh, he mentions. This is the benefit in studying the same topic the same subject a number of times, right? He said because each time you study it, you're going to discover something new. And especially when you yani, study it from different scholars of Ahl Sunnah, right? You're going to find some benefits that this one mentions that the other one don't mention. You're going to find some benefits that this one mentioned that the other one don't mention. Now, now the advice of Ahl al-Ilm will be to study one book of yani, that explains a topic at a time. One book that explains a topic at a time. But never be of those who, for example, how many people you may have heard them say, Oh, I studied that before. I ain't going to study it again. Or that subject? Oh yeah, I studied that subject, you know, I went over this book and that book with this sheikh and whatever, so I don't have to sit in this other class with the other sheikh to, to hear the same topic. I, I, I studied it before, right? Even if it's the same book, it's fine. Why? Because you're going to find in the explanation, for example, of Shikrath mean for the latter to usul, things that you may not find in the explanation by Sheikh Saleh Fouzan, and then vice versa. Sheikh Saleh Fouzan, he may highlight things that Shirathi mean didn't highlight. 
right? Sheikh uh, Mabaz may bring it in a way that those two didn't bring it, right? And then so on and so forth. Sheikh, Sheikh Saleh Abdul Aziz Al Sheikh, he brings it in a way and mentions things that others don't mention. So you benefit. Why? Because you're going to get different things added to it. So for example, when you look at the lines of poetry, person said, I memorized the yeah, I need the two from Sheikh Mimbaz's book, so I gotta memorize the ones from Havan Hakimi. Yeah, I suffice myself with that. The ones from uh, Sheikh Mimbaz, he mentioned eight conditions, so you benefit from that. Right? And then here you benefit from what? From uh, what was mentioned as like an introduction before actually getting into it, and that is for innahu lam yantafi' qailuha binutqi illa haythu yastakmiluha, and that the one who, yani, uh, uh, and that and that and that and that it will not benefit the one who merely says it. The articulation of it will not benefit him until he completes the conditions of it. So now you understand, okay, until all the conditions are completed, a person is not going to benefit. Although that was understood from what Sheikh Mabazi mentioned, because it's here clearly articulated, now you can highlight that. Now there's something else that's highlighted. So you have one thing highlighted by Sheikh Mabaz that's not highlighted here, one thing highlighted here by Havdul Hakimi that's not highlighted, over, not highlighted over there. So you see the benefit? You see the benefit? You bring it all together. So then the Shaykh he mentions, he gets into a Shaykh Al Hafid Hakami, Rahimullah Ta'ala, he mentions, he says, Al Ilmu wal Yaqinu wal Qabulu, Wal Qiyadu Fadri Ma Akulu, Wal Sidku wal Ikhlasu wal Mahabbah, Wa Fakakallahu Lima Ahabbah. Naam, different flow. Nice. You see? Whichever one, Yani, you're a jibbuk. Whichever one, Yani, you know, uh, stuns you. Whichever one you're amazed with, memorize that one. If you want to memorize these four lines, ahlan wa sahlan. Do it. If you want to suffice with the other one, other two lines, do that. Person A plus student want to do all or six lines, those two and these four, do it. Right? But ala kulli hal, memorize one of them. Memorize one of them. Be outstanding, do both of them, but at least do one of them. Inshallah ta'ala. Right? Whichever one, because you know everything, you know, you might like the way this one sounds more and, uh, and the like. And I'll translate this one slightly. Or, or, yani, because uh, it, it's nice, huh? It's nice. They mention something, it's nice. Tayyib, he says, ilmu, ilmu wal yaqinu wal qubulu. He says, knowledge, certainty, acceptance, compliance, understand what I'm saying. That's what that means. Right? I don't know how they translate it. It's like Ibanako. Understand what I'm saying. Right? Right? وَصِدْقُ وَالْإِخْلَاسُ وَالْمَحَبَّةِ وَفَقَقَ اللَّهُ لِمَا أَحَبَّةِ نعم And truthfulness and sincerity and love May Allah give you the success in doing that in which He loves That's beautiful man Right? That's beautiful So if, if, you, if that one you know speaks to you as they say Memorize that one um, But make sure it's one of them by my my advice, memorize them, memorize them both. They they so beautiful. That's a beautiful way to spend your day right there. You know what I mean? If it take you all day to memorize those six lines of poetry, I mean that's a beautiful way to spend a day, right or wrong. It's a beautiful way to spend a day. But, uh, the Sheikh he mentions Sheikh Abdul Razak, Taala. He mentions he says, في كتاب معالج القبور شرح المنظومة سلم الوصول he says and Sheikh Hafiz Hakimi Sheikh Hafiz Hakimi رحمه الله تعالى he wrote these lines of poetry these lines of poetry that outline the Aqidah and the Sunnah and Jama'ah outline some beautiful points for the Aqidah and the Sunnah and Jama'ah in this bab right and then he came back and he wrote a book, two volumes, explaining his poetry. You understand what I'm saying? 
he wrote some lines of poetry which talking about the aqid of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah as relates to uh, these topics. And then he came back and he wrote a book which is two volumes, two nice sized volumes, huh? Where he explains his poem. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, right? And this is one of those things, Wallahu a'la wa a'lam, if it will ever be translated. So this is an encouragement, well, an encouragement to learn Arabic language so that you can have access to the likes of this tremendous work so you get your hands on it and benefit from it. And the Shaykh, he mentions, he says, wahua matbu'un mutajawibun. Yani that it's, it's been translated and it's, you know, uh, easy, accessible, why, you know, it's, 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 it's everywhere. And he says, وَيُنْصَحْ uh, he said, and I, I advise the Sheikh Abdul Razak. He says, yani, it's, it's advised, it's advised to, uh, it's advised to benefit from it and to and to place a big concern on it. Now, to place a big concern and be diligent as it relates to it and to benefit from it. Because it is a book that is tremendous as it relates to the subject in which it covers. He said, and the author of it, he yani, really excelled as related to it and really benefited. Yani wahashada fihi al adilla min kitabillah musunnat al rasulihi alayhi salatu wasalam and he combined in it, he gathered in it many proofs and evidences from the Book of Allah and from the Sunnah of his Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam fi Bayani Jawani bil Iatiqad Ahlu Sunnah Usul al Diana as related to Yani uh, discussing the Iatiqad the um the creed, the creed, and the fundamental principles of the religion. Nam, the book is extremely, 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 extremely outstanding, and I encourage everyone, those who know Arabic, uh, yani, to benefit from from this book uh, tremendously, uh, and 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 yani, uh, for those who are learning in the process of learning Arabic. Uh, to get your hands on the book and buy it, add it to your libraries, and let that be from the motivation uh, to work diligently and work hard on learning the Arabic uh, language. Uh, and then the Shaykh Ta'ala, he goes on into the next section in which uh, Imam bin Baz, Rahimullah Ta'ala, he mentioned. However, we will save that for the next class as that gets into the next topic and the next subject which is dealing with the second part of the shahada naam uh, dealing with the second part of the shahada fa naktafi bihada al-qadr wa sallam ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa jazakumullahu khayra